live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. All right, going to be interesting today. We have changed the number over the weekend. Why did you change the number? I think they've explained it on other shows. The way I understand it is the old numbers, the whole 799 system, no longer supported by the phone company. Uh, there's a number of things as well. But if it goes down or if it went down, we'd be in a lot of trouble. So the decision was made to move into the 21st century. There were a couple other reasons behind that as well. Sort of like... Remember when when you used to have, like, you'd have dial-up internet connection, you know, and you'd have to, like, log on, and then you'd get that uh, sort of annoying buzz, and your phone line would be tied up? Well, the 799 technology was sort of like dial-up internet in many respects. So we have now moved into the next generation. I, as I said just a couple of minutes ago, I, I be warned if you want to play the Jeff Wagner drinking game, certainly today and probably over the next couple of days, if you take a shot of whatever your favorite alcoholic beverage is, every time I go back and channel the old numbers, um, you will probably be blasted early in the day. Our number, and this is both for the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, the number is 855-616-1620. So the last four digits to say, but 855-616-1620. I know we have a lot of regular callers and texters. My advice is just, you know, go to their contact section, you know, do this, do it once, and then it's going to be there. But the number from now on, 855-616-1620. Otherwise, everything the same, except we, we've changed all these things over the weekend. It doesn't matter to you guys, but the board I'm looking at, completely different. The call screen, different stuff that I used to use has disappeared. But they all tell me it's going to be okay. So we will see where we go. All right. Our number, 855-616-1620. I will say that a lot. Let's get started. Lots of stuff on today's program. The flu season has started early this year, and it looks like it is a particularly bad flu season. Lots of people getting sick. Part of this, I I mean, again, the the number of people who are making the decision, who made the decision to pass on getting flu shots, it's, it's just stubborn. Lots of people, for whatever reason, decided they didn't want to do it, and now surprise follows surprise. Lots of people are getting the flu. Maybe even some people who got the flu shot are coming down with the flu. But lots of people are getting sick with the flu, which means you've got to take the precautions. You've got to kind of avoid being around sick people. You've got to wash your hands a lot, do all those types of things. But the flu, for many of us, is not going to be a life-threatening situation. You get it. You're going to feel awful for a few days, but you're, you're going to get better. Now, there might be a point in time where first you're afraid you're going to die, and then you're afraid you're not going to die, but you will, most people will recover. The flu becomes life-threatening, though, when it hits people with compromised immune systems, or 
when it hits particularly children. So here's the deal. Um, Children's Hospital has just announced that starting, well, starting on Wednesday, what they're going to do is they are going to not allow children younger than 12 to visit patients in the inpatient care area. All right, this applies to both the Milwaukee and the Fox Valley hospitals as long as the Surges Center. The ban is going to be implemented and will remain in place until the end of the flu season. Now, it doesn't include children who have appointments or emergency department uh, visits, and the restriction only applies to visitors, so not patients. But, for example, if you have a child that is in the hospital, Children under the age of 12, like brothers and sisters, siblings, are not going to be allowed to visit. Um, this is the, I guess it's the second year in a row that Children's Hospital is doing this. They say they are very, very concerned about the spread of the influenza, influenza virus. And they say, look, we understand that this, this might inconvenience families. Because, for example, let's say you've got a child that's in the hospital and mom or dad wants to go visit or stay with the child and you want to bring some of the siblings to see them. They say, look, we understand that this is going to be a problem. We understand it might be an inconvenience, but we just don't want to take a chance with some child who might have been outside, might have been outside the hospital, might have been exposed to the flu, coming in and bringing that flu into the hospital. 414-79, see, there we go. That's one. Take your first shot. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, let's talk about this particular policy. Is it unreasonable for Children's Hospital to, hospital to say, because of the outbreak of the flu, we are not going to allow visitors. We're not going to allow children under 12 to come into the hospital for purposes of visiting. Can't visit your brother. Can't visit your sister. Can't visit um, you know anybody else, your friends, your neighbors, whatever. For 855-616-1620. That wasn't a full one, so you don't have to take a whole drink on that one. 855-616-1620. Is this an unreasonable policy? We are back to discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acumen Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Carol. Carol on the West Side. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I think it's only common sense. I mean, kids come in contact with so many people at school, and with the um, incubation period of the flu and other diseases, and you really don't want the immunosuppressed and ill kids at the hospital to be be exposed to more bugs and in reality there was a point in time not all that many decades ago when children under 10 or 12 weren't allowed in the hospital period no matter what yeah i guess let me ask you this if you're if you're going to ban visit children should they should they ban Mm -hmm. adults as well i mean should they ban adult visitors if the concern is people are going to be bringing flu in i think kids are you know in the school environment they're they're 
exposed to far more um, incidents of potential illness than um, most adults are. It, it's, there are some times when you really have to to look at, you know, if and they, they tell people, you know, if you have any kind of cold symptoms, any kind of right. symptom symptoms at all of potential illness to not come into the hospital and the signs are up on the uh, you know at the doors of the hospital you know if you have a cold or you think you might be coming down with something don't come in yeah i I, you see i i i I agree that i mean at some point in time you you don't want to completely close off the hospital and i think what you have to do is find what that happy medium is and let's face it children under 12 are germ factories that they, they just they just are and can an adult bring the flu in yes the adult could but i'm with you i think it's probably there's a lot greater chance that if this is going to happen it's going to happen with a child so that's why you you keep them out thanks for the call debbie in menominee falls debbie you're on wtmj oh hi um, debbie i hi i don't have a problem at all with this this rule they've had it for several years i've had a child that's been in the hospital numerous times so i know that and I do know that they have made exceptions. For example, heaven forbid, the child in the hospital is terminal. Oh, Brothers sure. and sisters can come. And also, I think that they should allow brothers and sisters to go and see their new brother or sister. But you're, you're very easy to get a parent or an adult to wear a mask and right. things like that. Three-year-olds aren't going to want to wear that mask. They're going to be scared and everything else. And there's so much else going on. They are germ factories, little kids. (laughs) Yeah. I I think it's, I mean, well, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just true. You've got the you've got the four or five year old child who's been exposed to the flu, and they're going to be wiping their nose, and they're going to be wiping their hands on you know the 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 um, the chairs and things like that. It's it's just it's inevitable. It's going to happen. It doesn't and, mean it won't happen and with this adults. Is not new. Yeah, they've done this for several years. Well, they, they apparently they like they certainly did it last year. I I know, and but I guess I, look, I know it's been the last two because yeah. we've been patient. We've had a patient there. Yeah. So I know it's been at least the last two. Yeah, and it's an inconvenience, but it's a, thanks for calling. It, it's an inconvenience, but it's a safety thing. I mean, this is along the same lines of the the various health providers in the area who have requirements that employees, if you're working in the health area, that you have to get the flu shot. And I know a lot of employees don't necessarily like that, but the idea is, look, we we don't want you getting the flu and then bringing it into the facility and then perhaps exposing you know, patients. And in this case, when you're dealing with kids, it's even more extreme. So, I, I you know, you don't want to see it happen, but to me, it's a safety thing. And the last thing you want is somebody who's in the hospital, who's already dealing with issues. You don't want them exposed by somebody on the outside who's got the flu, and then, you know, you just compound their problem. So I think this makes sense. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Once again, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Matter of fact, when, when you text something to that, and you know, one of the 
One of the biggest changes in the way I have done the show over the last, you know, 22 years has been the advent of, of the text line because there's lots of people who want to call, but there's lots of people who want to participate on the show and what they do is they, they do it via text messages and we read them. So um, I, I know a lot of people like to participate that way. And again, the new number is 855-616-1620. When you send a text to that, I'm just looking at this now, you will, uh, you'll, you'll get a note thanking you for using the new WTMJ talk and text line. So then then it's in there. So moving forward, 855-616-1620. Are you ready for one of Wisconsin's very best golf experiences? Sticks Golf Bar in Germantown is your perfect golf getaway, especially when it's too cold to hit the course. Six state-of-the-art simulators. I mean state-of-the-art. Lots of TVs showing sports, a full-service bar. From now until December 23rd, tune into my program from noon to three for your chance to win a $25 gift card to Sticks, a virtual reality golf bar. It's the Jeff Wagner 12 Days of Sticksmas. Keep listening for your chance to win some caller between now and three o'clock. We'll win the $25 gift certificate. All right, Let, let's lead into the next topic because I'm, I, I'm curious about whether or not there's any justification for what happened. Story involves a, a gal who has Down syndrome, who is, the, the, the reason this is in the news now is it, a lawsuit was just filed in the last couple days. May 17th, the girl, the young girl who has Down syndrome, along with other special needs students, they all go to the senior prom. Okay, follow this. So they're at the senior prom at the school. Now, the deal was that the prom was supposed to last until 11 o'clock. And the rules were for people attending the prom that if you if you came if you came like in a limo, like people do, the limos were not allowed to arrive until 11.15. So that was the rule. I think what they wanted to do, this is one of these things where we, we don't want the kids ducking out early. So the rule is if you go to the prom, you stay till 11, and then the, the limos start picking you up at 11.15. All right, so what happens is you've got th- this young lady who has Down syndrome, she and a number of her friends are at the prom. There's three special education aides who were assigned to help this young lady and their friends. All right. So what happens is about 10 o'clock at night, two of the friends hear one of these special education aides um, call the limo driver that's supposed to pick up these kids and say, you better be at the prom at 10.35, right? Now, the limo driver had previously been told 11.15, like all the other kids. This aide says, nope, um, here's the deal. The kids who are here with the special disabilities, we're going to have them leave early. Prom lasts until 11. None of the other kids are supposed to leave till 11.15. We're going to have these kids leave early. So... We tell the limo drivers, get here early. Now, the way this works is 1030 or so, what's happening is they're still dancing. They haven't announced who the king and the queen is, et cetera, et cetera. But about 1030 or so, what these aides do is they round up special needs kids 
and they shuffle them out of the prom. They make them leave about a half hour early. In some cases, they kind of like pull them out of the dance floor. You, you've got to go. The, and then, so they get them out of the, the, the gym where this is going on. The aides, you know, get them into the limos. They send them home and then they leave and go home themselves. The justification that they offer is that they wanted to give the girl, um, they wanted to give the girl with Down syndrome and her friends plenty of time to walk safely to their limousine through empty hallways before everybody else left. And the concern was, hey, you know, if they leave at the same time everybody else does, maybe they're going to get trampled, whatever. So the aides say, yeah, we, we pulled them off a half hour early. We told the limo drivers to come. We didn't let them stay till the end of the prom we wanted them to go, and we thought we were doing them a favor by doing this. All right, there's now been a lawsuit filed. The mother, the family of the girl with Down syndrome, they've sued. They're demanding these aides be fired. They're saying, look, this humiliated our, our daughter and her friends. They, you know, they were there. They wanted to stay for the whole prom. They, you know, to force them out a half hour early kind of treated them like second-class citizens. Our number, 866-616-1620, 855-616-1620, 1620 There it is. All right, did the school, school says, hey, we were well-intentioned here. We didn't want these special needs kids to get hurt. What we wanted them to do is we, we wanted to just get them out earlier so they didn't get injured in the crush when the rest of the prom goers ended kids family says hey you humiliated them they wanted to stay till the end you pulled them out before the last half hour 855-616-1620 i will tell you where i come down on this in just a moment but uh, let's discuss did the school err or were they trying to do the right thing welcome back to jeff wagner on wtmj 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Uh, let's start off with, uh, let's see, Earl in Milwaukee. Earl, you're first. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I am well, thank you. Okay, did the school did the school screw up here? No, they did not. You know, it's almost like, damned if I do, damned if I don't. I believe that they were doing it in the best intentions yeah. of the students involved and you know really that's all i got to say about it i would have done the same thing i would have applauded and thanked them for watching out for my kids well but okay at the same time earl i mean let's say that your child is one of those special needs kids she's looking forward to being at the prom she's looking forward to be treating treated like all the other kids are and all of a sudden she's told no you you can't stay for that last 30 minutes everybody else gets to stay till till 11 you've got to leave early i mean how how do you think she would have felt well i think that she probably would have thought well you know, they're treating me different. But yep. at the same time, they are protecting you. They are protecting you. Yep. And uh, these are some of the things. That, this is life. This is real life. This is what happens sometimes in real life. And you can't please everybody. But when you're doing it, you're going to sue me when nothing happened. You're going to sue me if something happened. Right. Got it. Okay, thanks for the call. Um, 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, I got to tell you, I, we're going to take more calls in just a minute. I I disagree with Earl, and, and, and here's why. I, I Look, I don't know about the lawsuit, and I don't know about demanding that the aides be fired. But as far as the way they handled this, I understand why the young lady and her family are upset. I mean, here, here's the deal. We treated her differently. I mean, the idea is you've got these special needs kids that are there. You know, the, the whole idea is we're, we're trying to treat them like, you know, like other children. And in this particular case, I get it. If the thing lasts till 11, if, you know, all the other kids are being picked up at, at 11, all, all right, pulling them out a half hour early, pulling them off a dance floor, telling them they have to leave early, that's that's treating them distinctly differently. Now, I think there's all sorts, I, I get it. I mean, I, I understand, well, we don't want people to get jostled, but there, there's all sorts of other things that you could have done. Let them all stay until 11 o'clock. Maybe then you ask the special needs kids, maybe, you know, ask them to stay at their table while it does thin out if there's going to be a huge rush. Or, you know, have a couple other people just just walk a- around them. I mean, I, my guess is these special needs kids are used to being around other kids and not getting trampled and things of the like. I wouldn't have pulled them out. Now, do, do you fire the aides for doing it? I don't know about that. Do, does the, you need a lawsuit? I, I don't know. But I, I think, in my opinion at least, the school was wrong to approach it in this fashion. Holly in Beaver Dam. Holly, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Yes, I completely disagree with the previous caller. Um, for one thing, children, I work with um, children with special needs, mm-hmm. and you need parental um, permission slips usually. I think the school failed in not um, communicating with the parents mm-hmm. that, okay, you have a special need child, they will be picked up earlier than the prom mm-hmm. and, you know, the end of the prom. And I also think, I'm, I don't know, I'm questioning whether these, um, with, if they're school aides or chaperones, if they indeed um, decided on their own to make the phone call to the limo company. Right, and that that's one of the implications that they kind of did this and then they went yeah. home. <laughs> they were that they were ready to go exactly. home. Exactly. Now, I don't know exactly. if that's true or not, and, but yeah. Yeah, but, I mean it it just it, to me it it just does not sound like a um a responsible action on the part of the school. Right, as no, far right. As a lawsuit yeah, that's a whole I'm different kind story. Of iffy on that. Yeah, no, yeah. thanks for calling. Thanks for calling. I, 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 I see. I agree. That's. I don't know about the whole lawsuit thing, but I, I have to. I do. I acknowledge that if this was, okay, we're, the whole idea is that we're we're treating the special needs, the, the kids with disabilities, that the same, and, and we treated them in this case materially different. You know, they, they were allowed to participate in the prom, but this idea that okay, we're going to pull them out early, and and you know, you know, people notice this. Oh, we, we've got nine kids that are going to have to leave early. 
Um, to me, there's so many better ways that you could have handled this, including I, I would think it might have been a little bit if if you really had a concern that there's going to be this crush of students or whatever um, leaving all at the same time. Well, OK, m- maybe the idea would have been let's have that limousine driver come 15 minutes later uh, so they can experience the prom fully. Let's talk to Mark in Delafield. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. What do you think? Yeah, the reason I'm calling, well, I've got a 13-year-old son with Down syndrome, and I, I think they blew it by taking the kids out of there early because, you know, the, the kids, when my son goes to school, they all look out for the special needs right. people like you would not believe. You know, they treat them special. They make sure that nothing ever happens to them. Um, making them leave early, I mean, that, why? That, that's no different than, like, when they get out of school at the end of the day. There's a rush for the lockers and for the door. Yeah. They're I, involved in that every day. Right, and it seems to me, if you were really concerned with that, there's all sorts of, like I say, there's all sorts of other stuff you could do other than short of pulling kids off a dance floor 30 minutes earlier and and really highlighting the fact that they're different than everybody else. You know, there's there would be all sorts of things. Maybe saying, hey, inviting a couple of the parents, hey, could you come in? We're we're a little bit worried that there might be a crush of people. You know, could you come back at 11 o'clock and and a couple of you help escort the kids out to the limos or, or whatever? There's all sorts of things that you could have done. And my guess is a lot of the parents would have loved to have done it. There's all sorts of things you could have done other than treating these kids like they were completely and totally different than everybody else. Oh, without a doubt. You know, like I say, nowadays they try to make the kids fit in more, the special needs kids. You know, they keep them with their peers all the way through school and everything else so that they are able to fit in with the other kids. And that, that would be an embarrassment to anybody if you had to leave early. Well, well, right. You know, not just the special needs. Well, well, right, exactly, when you had done absolutely nothing wrong. Hey, hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I guess, again, I wrestle with this idea of, you know, the the lawsuit wants to have these aides fired. All right, I'm not sure I'm – I don't know enough about this. If it turns out that the the whole idea of safety was just a pretext and the aides had had enough and they were ready to go home, maybe then. But I I, want to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I am assuming for the sake of our conversation that the aides – you know, had the best interest of the kids at heart and, and were had legitimate concerns about safety. But there's so many different ways that you could go about it other than, again, calling attention to this situation. I don't know about the lawsuit. I don't know about them being fired, but I would have let the kids stay till, till 11. And candidly, you, you singled them out. You made them feel different. And I don't know, can't we do better than that? This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Want to cheer on the green and gold but don't have a radio handy? Grab your computer. Stream every Packers game at WTMJ.com. Wayne and Larry call every play for the 2019 Green Bay Packers. Go to WTMJ.com on your computer to stream every game live. What do you think happened? Okay, over the weekend you have the Army-Navy game. Big deal, right? Only college football game, I think, played this weekend. Um, So what happens is the ESPN, which is covering the game, they have a reporter that's in the stands, ESPN's Reese Davis. You know, he's standing amidst the student section. So you've got kids from the Naval Academy and kids from the um, U.S. Military Academy. At least five of the students, the cadets, the midshipmen, who are on camera, standing behind ESPN's Reese Davis, make the OK sign. 
You know, that you take the thumb and the forefinger, you put them together in a circle, and you extend your other three fingers, all right? Now, this historically has been the okay symbol. Um, like everything is all right. It's also part of part of a game that apparently is played among junior military ranks. It's called the circle game, and the idea is the person makes the OK symbol below the waistline, and if another person looks at it, the person making the gesture is allowed to punch the other often in the arm. That's the circle game. And apparently it is played in junior military ranks as well. Um, I don't know about you, but there are all sorts of occasions where, you know, in the past I have probably made that okay symbol. You probably have too. If you're a diver, that's what you do. You do it in that fashion. Well, the okay sign in certain instances may no longer be okay. And, and this is because, and we have talked about this before, Early 2017, some users of one of these online message boards began what they called Operation O, KKK, to see if they could trick the wider world by by saying, all right, we're going to, what we're going to do is, is we're going to see if we can fool people. And we're going to start claiming that this innocuous sign, we're going to start claiming that it is a white power sign. And we're going to see if we can get everybody in the world to guppy on this. Well, what's happened is, after that, you did have, you know, some of these white supremacist groups that have kind of like adopted this. And this is one of the secret sort of signs that are there. Well, now you have these five students, a couple from the Naval Academy, couple from the um, U.S. Military Academy, they're they're making this sign. And people on Twitter see it because they're watching the Army-Navy game. And the Internet goes nuts. Tell me I just haven't seen this. You've got members of the military or people who want to be in the military expressing the fact that they are white supremacists. The military has now said, okay, well, what we're going to do is we are going to investigate what has gone on? Were these hand symbols associated with hate groups? Was this a sign that these people were just like fooling around? Were they playing the circle game? 414, uh, see, that's the third time. 855 616 If the military wants to investigate this, okay, fine. No problem with that. But I am inclined to give these cadets the benefit of the doubt. The idea that all of a sudden common gestures that we in our society are going to allow common gestures that have have had a meaning to the vast overwhelming number of people for decades and decades and decades that suddenly we are going to allow them to be hijacked by a, a couple of kooks on the internet to me it is just it's appalling now look this is a common gesture and if it turns out that you do have these five or six students who really are trying to send secret white power signs then obviously they deserve to be tossed out of the military. But this idea that people are reacting, and we're automatically assuming that these kids are white supremacists and how awful that they did this thing, my guess is it's more likely than not that they were doing precisely what I just described a couple moments ago, and that is that they were playing this kind of circle game, which is, hey, all right, here we are, get somebody to look at it, and then if they do, you know, we're going to punch them in the arm. 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If the military wants to investigate, fine. If it turns out that these kids, these students are closet racists, boot them out. But, 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 I am extremely skeptical of this. And moreover, this idea that, again, common gestures, common signs, things that we have typically done, we're going to allow them to be hijacked by a couple nuts, right wing, left wing, I don't care, a couple nuts on the Internet. To me, you, at some point in time, you have to stop and say, look, we're, we're, just, we're just not going to give in to the kooks. And because you have some kooks out there that say, let's see if we can declare that this is a white power gesture and then get people to guppy on it, we, we got to blow. We got to have a, some sort of blowback to that, don't we? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Mark. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, Mark. You know, until we as a society uh, start uh, not allowing this to to be an acceptable thing, I think that we're always going to have these things that just slip through the cracks. Uh, The Navy, of course, needs to, or I'm sorry, the military needs to do an investigation on the intent behind uh, these symbols to figure out whether it was innocuous or whether it did have a a darker meaning to it. But until as a society we, we step up and say this is not okay, I mean, we've got let me stop you when you say when you wait, like let me stop you for a second mark when, when you say we step up as sure. a society and say this is not okay what what do you mean is not okay what what are you talking about what is not okay it is not okay to condone white supremacy yeah. in any way shape or form okay. and that's why they have to investigate the intent behind these symbols oh, okay because obviously well, I, you there's two options there either they were with malicious intent, or they were just saying, okay, man, and they had no clue what was going on. But uh, it's unlikely that they were completely unaware of this, because anybody in today's day and age, unless you're under a rock, you keep track of the times, you get current events, and, and you know the, the background behind a lot of this stuff. Okay, so let, let's say that later on tonight, there, there's another one of these like weird message boards that decides to do the same thing. And what they say is, we're going to... Um, we're going to take the the V gesture, you know, like the V for victory, and and we're going to say this is a secret white power sign as well. Does that then mean that anytime somebody gives the V for victory sign, that we then have to question their motives? I mean, who, I guess my question is, who gets to decide what the gestures mean? That is a very very good question, and the the thing that we have to recognize is even though. We as individuals don't get to determine the meaning behind a sign. We can't at the same time ignore the fact that the rest of a large group of people, in this case a lot of dummies on the Internet, decided to turn it into something that's bad. Uh, there's a lot of people that argue that the swastika used to be a peace sign, uh, and whether it may or may have been the point is it now stands for something else, and as a society we have to shun that, and until we do – they're going to keep coming up with they're going to keep coming up with new hand signals uh, to to do the exact same thing. So I get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, no, th- but, see, and again, this is if this was a swastika, we wouldn't be having th- this discussion. But but you got to say this started off as a joke. This started off as a joke on one of these weird message boards that tried to decide. Let's see if 
people are so gullible that we can say this typical gesture commonly used by divers that this we're going to make this a white power sign and let's see if we can get people to believe it and, and now it's morphed into the fact that people do believe it now I'm not arguing that there might be some of these white power these white supremacist kooks that are out there who now might might do this but in the last two years you've had this common gesture that has now been co-opted to the point that anytime anybody sees this they, they raise questions our number, 855-616-1620. Now, the interesting thing that Mark said, he said, I, I think everybody everybody now knows that, that that symbol is associated with people, you know, who are, are white supremacists. Is is it really? Is it is that really the generally accepted ter- understanding behind this? I guess I question it. 855-616-1620. When you see somebody make that gesture, do you automatically assume, oh, this is the person, this person is a white supremacist? Back with more in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner. Let's go to our talk and text line. Jeff, the OK sign in American Sign Language is a swear word. So we laugh because people automatically assume that you're swearing. Yes, people are gullible. Jeff, I had no idea the OK sign was a white supremacist symbol, and I don't live under a, a rock. Um, you know, well, there, there is, you know, that there is that factor that, that's out there as well. And and so, I mean, see, here's here's the thing that's frustrating to me because I, I don't. I don't believe that in the real world where most people interact that that OK sign is a sign of white power. Again, this started as a joke by some alt-right trolls on the Internet. Let's see if we can get the gullible general population to buy into this. Now, it might be that after that you had some white supremacists who picked up this type of thing, but this automatic assumption that the kids who are doing this, uh, oh, this means that it's a white power sign, give, give me a break. My guess is it was the circle game that they play in the military circles. They were trying to get people to look, and they were trying to get people to punch each other on the arms. If it turns out to be this giant conspiracy with all these white supremacist kids, of course you toss them in the mil- out of the military. But otherwise, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric Bilstedt, did you watch the Packers game yesterday? I did. All right. Well, I guess my, my overwhelming thought, I, I was watching it in a dive bar. And okay. I say that with affection, you know, with a group. That, the, the, one, all, the one thing I was thinking of is I hope Packers wide receiver Marquez Valdez-Scantling I hope he doesn't have the occasion to walk past the burning building anytime soon because if somebody throws a baby out the window, you know darn well he's going to drop it. It looked like he brought his hands in there, like he gator armed it a little bit. He, it, it, oh yeah, he little, no little, right. I mean, okay, we're of course talking about the the first play of of the game, which um, or that first series of the game mm-hmm. where he's run behind the defenders, he's wide open. Rogers puts it on the mark, yep. and you're right. He got the alligator arms, and he didn't kind of run through the ball, and it bumbles it. And mm-hmm. you know, you only get a, especially against good teams, you only get a handful of chances to make game changing plays. And um, like, like I say, don't throw him the baby <laughs> if he's walking past the burning building because, oops, there he goes. I dropped it. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not bitter. They won, uh, but I'm just saying, if if you're an NFL caliber receiver and you get the chance to make that kind of play at home, you you gotta. 
you've got to catch the baby that is catch the ball. You know, yep, yep, it's just yep. like I, that was that was my thought. But the pack, I'm not one of these guys jumping off the. I mean, they're eleven and three. Got to give them credit. They're win one of the next two games. They win the NFC North. It's just uh, you you wonder that was the only time they threw the ball to Marquez Valdez Scandling and. After that one, it's probably like, okay, you know, we we know that this guy isn't going to be the one that steps up and makes the big play. All right. Um, Our number, we continue the Jeff Wagner drinking game. If you're just tuning in today after, I, I don't know, forever. I mean, I've been here 22 years, and the number has always been what the number was. We have changed. The new Acunet Mortgage talk and text line is 855 616-1620. And again, I said this at the start of the show. If you want to play the Jeff Wagner drinking game, every time I start to give the wrong number, take a shot. And I think it's been, th- in my defense, I caught myself once right three times. You would have had three shots in the first hour of the program. I'm working on getting better. 855-616-1620. Why did we change it if you're just tuning in? And it's because the, the old number, the 799 technology, we're told it's no longer supported by the phone company. It's kind of like um, dial-up internet. You know, maybe you still maybe you still have it. Maybe you're still paying for your CompuServe thing, but you know it's it's gone the way of the, the dinosaurs. And so we finally decided to, to make that that change because of a of a number of different factors. And it's just a question of getting used to eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And I just I know a number of people are texting in at the new number, and that's that's just fine. Once you get it into your system, you will be all set and work through this. Again, old habits die hard, and I've had 22 years of this habit. 855-616-1620. All right, during Eric's newscast, you heard the reports. You apparently have people who are protesting at City Hall because of a ruling by an Ozaki County judge. Oh, this is terrible. It's the evil Republicans. They're, They're out there. They're trying to suppress the vote. To which I say, nuts. All right, here, here, here is here's the deal. When you move, there, we all, I think we as a as a state, we as a country, have an interest in making certain that the voter rolls are are accurate, and that they are kept current. It's a difficult job because people move. And when you move, and this, I mean, two years ago, okay, I moved. I lived in the same house for 30 years, right? Two years ago, I moved. And I didn't send election, a, a letter to the state, to the elections commission or the local elections commission saying, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm moving. I just moved. And then what I did is I registered to vote in the, the new place where I live, different county, went in, showed them all in my information, and, and registered to vote. But I didn't do anything about where I, I lived before. I, I just didn't. I figured, well, I don't intend to vote twice. And so, I mean, I don't know if my name is still on the list or, or not. But, you know, if they want to take it off, it's fine. It should be off the list. There's no burden on the individual voter to notify the elections board, where they used to vote, the municipality, the clerk of courts, and say, hey, I can't vote there anymore. So you don't have an obligation to do that. So Wisconsin law says the following. They say that if if the municipal court or clerk or the board of elections commissioners gets information, reliable information, that a person has changed their residence, that they've moved, 
what happens is they are directed to send out a mailing notifying them that, hey, we've, we've gotten information saying that you've moved. And if you haven't moved, you send the postcard back to us. You, you, you tell, send the postcard back to us. Otherwise, you get taken off the rolls. Right. That that's the rules. Now, this isn't as big a deal in Wisconsin, because unlike many states, we have same day registration. So even if you were erroneously removed from the voter rolls, you show up on Election Day. You say, hey, I've I've lived at this place in Whitefish Bay for the last 30 years. I don't know why my name's off the rolls. Well, you could re-register at the polls right there. You'd probably be able to cast a provisional ballot. Well, they sorted it out. But the idea is they're, they're cleaning up the voter registration rolls. All right, so what is reliable information? Reliable information is notification from a, a government agency that there is reason to believe that you've moved. For example, let's say you've changed the registration on your car. So you no longer live in the city of Milwaukee, but now, you know, your registration is in Waukesha, city of Waukesha. All right. So what they would do is they'd say, okay, you know, Jeff now registering his car in Waukesha. They would contact the municipal court, the municipal clerk of courts and say, hey, this guy who's been voting in Milwaukee, they've registered their car in Waukesha. Now, there might be other reasons why you've registered your car in Waukesha. Okay, maybe you've transferred, I don't know, maybe you transferred a car to a kid's name. Maybe you're trying to, I don't know, avoid the wheel tax, all those different things. So there might be reasons why you've done it, but more likely than not, it's because you've moved. Right. So what happened is the law then says if you don't respond to this postcard within 30 days, you get removed from the rolls. And again, it doesn't say that you can't re-register, <clears throat> but you're going to get removed from the rolls. So the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty finds out that the State Elections Commission, they, the law says you, you got to be removed from the rolls if you don't respond. State Elections Commission was saying, well, we're going to ignore the law. We're going to direct clerks not to remove names until after, I think, like spring of 2021. Right, well, the law says 30 days. So the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty goes in and they, they sue. And they say, hey, the, the law says what the law says. And the case went in front of an Ozaki County judge. Now, this is perhaps the difference, getting in front of an Ozaki County judge instead of a Dane County judge. But the Ozaki County judge says, look, I, my job isn't to second-guess the wisdom of this law. My job is to say the law says that if you don't have a response in 30 days, boom, the, the name comes off the registration list. And so I'm ordering that that's what should happen. And now you have all these protests. Our number, our number 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. I think the law may be a tad harsh in that there, I guess I just, I, I'm concerned a little bit that the the one mailing, you might have situations where, I don't know, it, it goes to the wrong place or it doesn't get distributed or whatever. But but having said that, first of all, I think the Ozaki County judge, his name is Paul Malloy, was absolutely right in saying that the law is the law and the law says your names have to come off. Secondly, I don't think this is going to pro- I don't think this is going to be unduly burdens- burdensome. The overwhelming majority 
of the people whose names are going to come off this list are people whose names deserve to come off the list. Like, hey, Jeff, you know, you moved from Whitefish Bay to where you live now. You know, this this is going to clean it up because your name shouldn't still be on the Whitefish Bay voting list because you don't live there anymore. So I think the overwhelming majority, my guess is probably 95 plus percent of the people who are taken off are people who deserve to be taken off because they no longer live in the area. For that remaining percentage, I I think if they show up to vote and it turns out that they've been erroneously removed because they didn't respond, because somehow they did something to generate this notification and then they didn't respond or didn't get the postcard, I think that there's enough remedies for those few people to be able to make sure they can vote. Maybe it's a provisional ballot, whatever. Our number. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. If I was in the legislature, I might have said, maybe you should have to do two mailings. I, I might have said that. So I, I appreciate that one mailing may result in some people being removed when they shouldn't have been removed. At the same time, I don't see this as a threat to our democracy. And the judge in my opinion, was 100% correct in issuing the order he did. Because the law is very clear. It says if you, if the municipal clerk has gotten notice that you have moved, and the notice could be, again, it's stuff like contact. Most of them, I think, are going to come from the DMV. Notice that you have moved, and you don't respond to a mailing. Boom, you come off the list. And the vast majority of those people deserve to come off the list. Our number Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a moment. If you are on the line, please hold on. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, I had to re-register when I moved. It only took a couple minutes. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I went through the, the same thing. You know, I just. Went, went over to City Hall, brought the information that I needed, re-registered, and then you, you're all set. But the thing is, too, in Wisconsin, we allow same-day registration. Now, I'm candidly, I'm not a big fan of same-day registration because that means that there's no ability to check whether or not, you know, somebody actually lives where, where they're saying. There's, there's no deal. But, but that's, that ship has sailed. We have same day registration. So worst case scenario, if you're somebody who has been incorrectly removed from these roles and to be in, to re- be removed from the roles, first of all, you have had to do something with a government entity that generated information implying that you had moved. For example, change the registration on your automobile. Now, there's, I get, like I say, it, it could be incorrect, and I concede that especially with, high, with college students, maybe there's a greater likelihood of something like this happening. But even if it does happen, that you should, number one, be removed from the list, and, and first of all, there has to be information from a government source, all right? And then secondly, you have to either not receive or ignore the postcard mailing that you get. So there's a lot of different moving parts before you get bounced from the list. But even if you get bounced from the list, 
if it turns out to be erroneous. And again, my guess is that that's not going to be a large percentage. But even if it is erroneous, you still have an opportunity. You show up at the polls. You're surprised to find that you've been removed from the list. Well, worst case scenario, you I mean, you best case scenario is you simply re-register. Worst case scenario, and I think the elections board could probably do this, you cast a provisional ballot so they can tell they can determine whether or not you were erroneously you know, removed from the list. Those are the ways I think you handle this particular situation. I I don't think this is the end of the world that it's being portrayed as being. And as far as people who are criticizing the judge in Ozaki County, the judge is following the law. Now, like I say, if I were a legislator, I, I perhaps would have required like a second mailing, but I'm not sure that that would have materially changed the things because if you're not responding to the first mailing, I don't know that you would be responding to the second mailing. And a lot of them get returned as, as undeliverable because the, the people have, have gone. Um, all right, uh, Jeff, with voter ID, now would be a good time to clear everyone from the voter list and have all of us re-register. I don't, I mean, I don't know that, I don't know that that's the necessity, but the truth is we have an interest. I believe in making sure that the voter lists are current. And as long as there is no requirement on the voter to notify their local municipality that they're moving, and I'm not encouraging, I'm not saying that I think that should be. All right, the the reality is the only way that you're going to do that and keep it current is if you do something like this, which will, I guess, from time to time result in, in somebody incorrectly being taken from the roles. But there's all sorts of, like I say, things that you can do to make it um, better. Jeff, this is from Taylor and River Hills. When I moved, I didn't notify the Green Bay Packers, and I lost my spot on the season ticket holder waiting list at 250. I'm much more upset about that. Yeah, presumably, because they're not going to put him back on the season ticket list. Voting rolls... They're, they're going to let you go back on the voting rolls. Jeff, my aunt and uncle were both deceased, yet still receiving absentee ballots. I had to go to the city of Brookfield clerk, um, uh, hand those ballots back, and demand that they be removed from the voting rolls. Yeah, that would be another thing. You get a notice from Social Security, for example, that a person has died. Okay, well, all right, you, you take them you take them off the voting rolls. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to know whether or not people are dead. You're not going to know whether or not these absentee ballot requests are correct. Bottom line of this is, is this the most perfect version of the law? I'm not convinced of that. But it doesn't strike me as being an unreasonable law, and it certainly doesn't strike me as an unconstitutional law. So as long as it's on the books, we need to follow it. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So, very glad to have you with us. Okay. Controversy involving, well, one of the most popular cable television networks around. That is the Hallmark Channel. Now, we've talked about the Hallmark Channel before. I know more than I thought I'd ever know about the Hallmark Channel because my wife, my wife loves the Hallmark Channel. And interestingly enough, many, many of her friends, our friends, love the Hallmark Channel as well. And you know what the really interesting thing is? While I would say that most of the people we know who love the Hallmark Channel are female, 
there's a couple guys in there that love the Hallmark Channel as well. And, and to tell you the success of the Hallmark Channel, this year between the main Hallmark Channel and their Hallmark, the, the secondary one they have, they're coming out with 40 new movies, and they're all hits. People will record them. They'll watch them over and over again, to which I always wonder kind of like why, because at, at the end of the day, it's the same movie. Now, I understand the actors and actresses might be different, but it's really the same movie. It's uh, essentially person has moved away, leaving high school sweetheart behind in small town. Person has gone to big city. Person is climbing the ladder of success in the big city, but is kind of losing their soul. Person gets sent from the big city back to the hometown to, I don't know, buy up the local hardware store, candy store, bakery, hotel, fill in the blank, and then, you know, turn it into something else. And while back in the hometown, person reconnects with the high school sweetheart, recognizes that they should have never left in the first place, turn their back on the big corporation or bring the big corporation around. End of the day, the small town is saved. Boy gets girl, girl gets boy, whatever it is, and everybody ends happily. And and that's that's essentially the same it's it's the same plot. Now, sometimes they're, they're, the girl is falls in love with the prince from some tiny European principality that nobody's ever heard of because it doesn't exist. And but it's the same basic premise, you know. And, and along the way, there's there's wrenches that get thrown in, but you know you know that it's going to end, and you know how it's going to end, and you know it's going to end happy. Which when I I kid my lovely and charming wife, I say, you know how this is going to end, and she says, yeah, that's what I love about it because. It, it's it's you know it's going to have a happy ending. It's going to f- make you feel good. Yeah, I I understand. There's so much of this other stuff that's going on in the world that causes you anxiety and things like that. You know, you turn on the news and it's just people yelling at each other. You know, it's going to be happy. And yes, it's going to be fluffy. And yes, it's a little bit frivolous, but it makes you feel good. And and I understand that. I I get it. And you can't argue with success. And Hallmark Channel has been an incredible example of success. And this this whole thing has just grown and grown and grown every year. And it's really, they make 40 new movies, 40 new movies every year that they roll out. Well, the Hallmark Channel finds itself, again, um, embroiled in a degree of, of controversy. And they got themselves... They, they got themselves in a in a no win sort of situation, and in my opinion, I don't know had had the bad choice. Now these movies are, I mean, it, it's it's wholesome. It's like the Family Channel. Like I say, there, there's not there's not sex in them. There's not violence. There's not bad language. There's nothing like that. This is family entertainment. So what happens is, during one of the Hallmark movies, there's this this company called Zola which is like a, a wedding planning kind of outlet and they they decide they're go, they buy time and they're going to they're going to run ads on the Hallmark channel and so they run a couple ads again talking about their their wedding planning and registry website one of the ads features a a traditional by this I mean a man and a woman and it shows them getting married and kissing okay that that's one no problem there one of the other commercials that Zola puts on the Hallmark Channel features a same-sex marriage. It shows two women getting married. And so they run that on the Hallmark Channel. What happens is there is an immediate backlash. Um, a petition 
by a, a, a conservative group says, please reconsider airing commercials with same-sex couples, and please do not add LGBT movies to the Hallmark Channel. Such content goes against Christian and conservative values that are important to your primary audience. You will lose viewers if you cave to the LGBT agenda. Okay, um, so you get that. And so Hallmark is getting pressured from this one side saying, look, you know what, why are you running you know, same-sex marriage ads? Once they get it, Hallmark says, you know, we, look, we, we don't want to create any controversy. So you're, you're right. We're, we're going to stop running, you know, the, the same sex marriage ads. All right. Well, then once the word gets out about that, the other side weighs in and they get, they get all sorts of heat from, you know, the LGBT community saying, look, you know what? <laughs> this is legal in this country. What do you mean that you're not going to run these particular type of, of ads? Of course you should bring them in. And what is this? What do you mean this isn't consistent with family values, et cetera, et cetera? So they start getting a ton of blowback from the other side of this issue. And then after about 48 hours of hemming and hawing, last night, Hallmark reversed their initial decision and now said, you know, we were wrong in pulling these ads and we're going to reach out to the registry, this company, and we're going to say, hey, if you want to come back on the air and you want to run these ads, including this commercial, you're, you're welcome to do it. And we're sorry if we've offended anybody. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Look, I, I have the greatest respect <clears throat> for the Hallmark Channel and the success that they, they have had. But let's face it, they, they botched this one badly they, they just they just botched it badly there are now we here at wtmj we make decisions about there, there's certain types of advertising that we don't run because we've just made a decision that we're not going to carry certain types of advertising but in in this particular situation i think this was an avoidable sort of problem and candidly, in my opinion, if they hadn't have pulled these ads in the first place, nobody would have really noticed it. I, I mean, you, you see more and more stuff that involves, you know, today, the, the, the idea of same-sex couples. It, this isn't 25 years ago. It's not 50 years ago. I, I don't know if there's – you know, some people would argue that there's still a stigma. There might be some stigma. But my guess is the vast majority of viewers of the Hallmark Channel – would not have had a negative reaction to this original ad when it ran. I think the mistake that Hallmark made was in pulling the ad in the first place. Because candidly, I, I think most people just wouldn't have thought anything of it. By making the decision to pull it, what that happens is it, it mobilizes folks on the other side of the issue, and then next thing you know, you're involved in a, a full-fledged brouhaha I think they probably should have just allowed this to run in the first place. It wouldn't have been a big deal. People wouldn't have stopped watching the Hallmark Channel because, oh, they've got this ad for this registry, and it shows these two women that are getting married. They made it worse by, in this case, and see, and I see this happen all the time, where you have – 
businesses that give in to the squeaky wheels on both sides of the issue. And I, I could give you, just off the top of my head, a half dozen examples where you'd have people you know, on the left who've gotten bent out of shape about something that was on a, a merchant's website or something, and they've started these complaints, and then you have the, the people bending over backwards to say, well, we didn't want to be offensive to, to anybody, where you know they were just better, better off just, you know, just saying, look, we're making these programming decisions. We don't mean to offend anybody, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. So I think Hallmark, Hallmark by giving in, made a huge mistake by, by deciding, okay, we're going to give in to the people that don't want to see this particular commercial, and we're going to pull it off. They've now made it a much bigger deal than it, it was and it should have been. I think they should have just ignored the complaints in the first place, and it wouldn't have been a story, or at least it wouldn't have been a story for more than a day. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you think? If you're on the line, please hold on. Again, new number, 855-616-1620. We discuss in just a moment. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Hallmark has the right to decide their, their own advertising policies, and they can decide what's an acceptable ad and what's not an acceptable ad. I, I think in this particular case, because you know they're running an ad that shows a same-sex couple getting married for a wedding registry, first of all, I think they should have anticipated that there would be some complaints, and they should have figured out how they were going to handle it beforehand, because they say, okay, we're going to give in to the complaints, and we're going to pull it, and then they get complaints from the other side, and then they say they're going to put it back. It, they, they look... They look inconsistent. They look bad. Bigger picture is, I mean, in today's day and age, would, would people really have stopped watching the Hallmark Channel at Christmas time if they keep these ads on? I mean, I, I doubt it. Let's start with Mike in Milwaukee. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Mike. What do you think? Well, um, I guess, uh, like you had said, in today's society, there's... Uh, it's it, you could cause a lot of friction if you um, go against what they're calling equal rights and everything. I guess as a Christian myself, um, it's a tough situation because I've I've had issues in the past where I, I don't want to be around it, you know. And and I I got family members, I got friends that that are are gay and. Uh, you know, I, I accept it. You know, they're, they're friends and, and family members. I'm not going to write them off. But uh, it gets difficult at times, you know, because, you know, at, at one point in time, you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, you'd see it. You know, you every occasionally you'd see it. But it's 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 like society now. It's 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 welcomed. Well, and, I... you know, there's places I don't go. Um, well, I guess, Mike, I mean, because... here, here's what I would say. I mean, first of all. I mean, same-sex marriage is the law of the land, all right? And and nobody nobody is saying that, you know, if, 
if you're straight that you have to go out and you have to you know marry a guy or marry a gal no nobody you know nobody's nobody's saying that you have to do that and it is the law of the land and and things have changed but i mean it, the, the same thing i mean when you talk i mean i i do believe that gay rights has become the, the civil rights issue of the last decade or so and you, know, you can make that same argument gee 50 years ago the idea of, a, of an interracial couple being together that was something that was just kind of appalling i mean times change values change and, and i think more and, and no, nobody is saying that just because like the hallmark channel runs an ad for a, a, a again a wedding registry that has straight couples and also has same-sex couples nobody is saying that that means that you you know you have to run out and you have to sign up on that that registry i i just i think most people would have ignored this it just it wouldn't have registered because we we see this so so very much, and it's become just the norm in in our society. And I, I think most people wouldn't have just reacted in, in a positive or a negative way. It would have just been, oh, this kind of is what it is. Now, I I do have. I have issues at times with some of the more militant elements of of the quote unquote you know LGBT community. That the things where you pick out the the one guy and you go after him because he doesn't want to make the wedding cake or for the for the gay marriage. That to me is a different sort of thing. In this particular case, I, I really think that I mean, Hallmark should have stuck to their Hallmark should have stuck to their guns. They look bad by again going back on this. And the truth of the matter is, nobody. I don't think anybody would have cared one way or the other, except they've made it an issue. Lucy on the West Side. Lucy, you're on WTMJ. Hi there. Hi, Lucy. Gay marriage is now gay marriage is now legal, right? It is. In all fifty states. Okay. And Hallmark makes a lot of money taking wedding advertisements because they are a sappy, sentimental, syrupy channel, and that's they make a lot of money on those. Yep. So if gay marriage is legal and they make a lot of money on wedding advertisements and somebody wants to put on a gay-themed marriage advertisement, I don't see anything wrong with it. And if the anti-gay marriage people don't like it, they can do what I do when that awful Allstate commercial comes on and go get a glass of wine or milk or coffee in the kitchen. Okay, which Allstate commercial don't you like? The the bad boy, the one who's always saying, this is all the bad things that can happen to you. Oh, okay, right. Okay, I'm, I, the, the chaos guy. I okay, no, okay. So. All right, okay. I, I, was, I, was, I was just trying to think of the different Allstate commercials. Yeah, I mean, now, would you agree with me that uh, the Hallmark Channel mishandled this pretty much from the beginning? Yeah. 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 Once you decide to run with something, unless somebody points out something that you couldn't have seen coming, which any fool would have seen coming on <laughs> right. this, yeah. then you stick with your decision. Right. Yeah. That wh- whoever at some point in time that that's got to be. I'm with you. That's kind of the conversation around the boardroom, which is okay. We we green lit this without any sort of discussion at all, and then then we backtracked on this. That's what makes them look bad. If they would have just gone ahead with this, I, I doubt there would have been other than I mean some of these people that are petitioning, but that wouldn't have gotten anywhere. It's just it is amazing the lack of planning and the lack of foresight you see from these big companies sometimes. 
Yeah, yeah. no, th- okay. th- thanks for no. I'm 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 with you on this one. But bottom line is, I I don't know if the registry is going to continue running these ads or not. Hallmark said that they would go back to them. Yeah, mayhem. Uh, mayhem is the thing, right? That's the uh, that's the Allstate commercial. Um, let's see. But Jeff, boycotting the Hallmark Channel would not have been a tall order for me, but I understand the issue. Jeff, I record my movies and fast through the commercial, fast forward through the commercials. Anyways, um, Jeff, it's the law of unintended consequences. Do you not think that Hallmark's numbers will be artificially inflated because of all the previously disinterested people will now tune in looking for the ad? Well, that's an interesting question. This registry, it's called Zola. They, When Hallmark reached out to it, and my understanding is Hallmark reached out to it and said, we're not going to let you run the ad with the same-sex couple, they immediately said, okay, well, we're not going to run any ads at all. So they pulled their advertising. So Hallmark has now reached out to them and said, we've changed their mind. It is going to be interesting. if Now, if I were Zola, this has been an incredible amount of free publicity for them. If I were Zola... I would be coming in, I would be doubling my advertising buy on the Hallmark Channel for exactly this reason, because now you're going to have all these people who might not have otherwise tuned in, they're going to be tuning in because they're going to want to see, you know, is this is this ad back? Especially given the fact that, as Lucy was pointing out, same-sex marriage is in fact legal. Now, there's all sorts of other ads that my guess would not be appropriate for Hallmark. You don't I don't know. You you don't see condom ads being run on the Hallmark Channel. My guess, and I understand that. You know, you might see condom ads on you know late night TV cable channels, but they don't run it on the Hallmark Channel. I get that, and I I don't think that they're going to change that policy anytime soon. But at the same time, here they really botched it from the beginning. But I think they've at the end of the day, I think they've gotten it right. So now we can all go back to enjoying the Hallmark Channel as they continue the X number of days of Christmas. I know we're going to be doing that in the Wagner household. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, let's pull back the curtain for a minute. And, you know, you've been, I'm not going to let you leave for three days per se, because you come back and, like, everything's changed. So, we've got the new phone number. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, I, I did pretty well the second hour. First hour is a little rocky, but 855-616-1620. But we've changed all sorts of things on the board. There used to be, like, these settings that I would push. And I had a special yeah. setting for myself. That's gone. But you noticed what is turning out to be the biggest change. Now, we have, we have a call screen computer. And, and so that's how I'm able to say that Gru will screen callers and he'll put them up there and he'll say it's, it's, it's Melissa from Milwaukee. Right. And I'll see that. Okay. The, over the weekend, we've changed as part of this whole thing, we've changed the call screen computer. So all the technology is different. You looked at that and, and what was, what was your comment? <laughs> I said, Oh, is this new? This must be new because I had been gone for three days. And then I was like, Oh, the print is really tiny on there. Uh, it, it is like an eye exam. I, I cannot be begin to describe this because i i'm sorry i'm nearsighted i wear glasses to like drive and see things far away Mm -hmm. but i I, it's this is probably well it's like four feet away it's the teeniest it is like an eye exam (laughs) and and i actually said to my producer i said can we make this bigger so that people can read it and i was told well they're working on it but i mean it's 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 like the eye exam you can't pass well exactly (laughs) right i mean it's like i'm thinking huh i and you know 
I I noticed it too. Yeah. Okay. It, so it's it wasn't, far away, it, it and I have the it same. It wasn't. I've, it wasn't. Well, I think I pull. I think that could be right in front. This is. It's the teeny tiny. It's like if okay. I took my glasses off, I wouldn't be able to see it at all. Oh right. <laughs> I just like, okay. So good. I, I'm starting to feel a little bit better about that. I, I'd actually said to Gru, I said, "Can you can you try capital letters? Will that help?" And he tried capital letters, and it really that doesn't it's really just, help. Any. It's just teeny teeny yeah. tiny, and I'm like, okay, well, it's like the worst feeling when you uh, are away for a couple of days and you come back and things are different. different. You're like, yeah. when did this happen? Right. Did, did, did my eyes suddenly? <laughs> did my eyes suddenly go bad yeah. or something like that? Or but I'm I, I actually I, I do have the greatest faith in our engineering staff, and I think they appreciate that there's an issue here, yeah. and hopefully they will be able to figure it out so you can. Put it in a print that somebody it can seems read. Simple enough to do that. So well, I, I, I don't. I'm I don't sure. know. I don't know. I, I, oh. But no, it might be. You know, it, sometimes it just is kind of what it is, and it's like adapt, Jeff. And but I just like wow. That, that's. I'm glad it was. I'm glad you noticed it as well because I've been sitting here struggling. Do you for have two glasses? Hours. I, I, but I have, I have glasses for. I, I, I'm nearsighted. Yeah, okay. I have glasses. I mean, I should be normally. I can like I can I can read the the print on the other computer screens I have here. It's just this is just uniquely yeah. teeny tiny. Print so itty bitty. If, if it's itty bitty, so if somebody calls up and there's this hesitation, and I'm going, Melissa, it's because <laughs> I'm I'm leaning forward to to read that. Okay, got another hour of the program. Lots of good stuff. It is okay. Christmas is coming up. I mean, what's Christmas? A week from uh, Wednesday. And so I, I know a lot of people are involved in last minute. And it's not quite last minute, but, you know, it's getting down to crunch time, running around, trying to find that perfect gift for, for whoever. And there's always there's always this one interesting thing that's in the back of people's minds. And that is, what if you have gotten that gift that's a nice gift? And I'm not talking about some like crummy gift, but you've gotten a nice gift, but it's just, it's not you. Maybe it doesn't quite fit. Maybe, you know, it's just you don't wear stocking caps. Maybe it's you don't wear mittens. It's a nice pair of mittens, but you don't wear mittens. You know, I, you, you get the idea. You know, it, it's a nice gift. So it's not a trashy thing. It's, it, but it's just, it's just not right. And for whatever reasons, you, you didn't, you didn't take it back. You just, you know, you, you, you have it and you say, oh, this was nice. And so and so gave this to me. And I really appreciate the thought because that's what it's all about. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to wear these gloves or I'm not going to wear these mittens or this is a scarf that I would never wear. But it's a nice scarf, and it's the thought that counts, and I know that Aunt Lucy spent a lot of time into thinking about this, but I'm not going to see her, and I'm not going to wear the scarf. All right, but what if you're looking at that scarf, and you say, you know, this isn't right for me, but I got a friend, and I think this would be absolutely perfect for my friend Carol. So, you know what? I, you know, it's a good scarf. It's not like it's cheap, but I'm never going to wear it. So, you know what? Let's take it out of the box that Aunt Lucy gave me. Let's put it in a different box and let's give it to my friend Carol for Christmas. In other words, let's re gift this bad boy. And I'm not talking about a situation where you're kind of doing it out of malice. Where you're like, ah, you know, this is, this is garbage. Who would have given this to anybody? But you get that gift that's just, it's not right for you. You know, it's not right for you. You're not going to wear it. You know, they probably spent some money on it. And for whatever reason, you haven't taken it back. All right. Is it ever appropriate to re-gift? 41, ah, there I did it again. Eight, five, take that drink. 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, is gifting, is re-gifting ever appropriate? Um, and again, I, I understand if you are doing this out of malice, oh, this is a piece of junk that somebody gave me. I just want to get rid of it. My, my thing would be, you know, never mind. That's what you have, you know, goodwill for. That's what you have the Salvation Army for. But if you have gotten a nice gift, but it's just for whatever reason something you're never going to use, it's not right for you, is it appropriate? Is there anything wrong with giving it to somebody that you think might be able to use it? 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I don't want to bury the lead here. I have no problem with regifting things. Again, as long as you're doing it for the right motive. If it's just, oh, I'm too cheap to go buy this person a gift, or I don't want to go to the trouble of buying this person a gift, well, then, you know, then then skip it, I would say. But on the other hand, if you've got perfectly good stuff that's been given to you that just isn't right for you, I have no problem at all with passing it on. Would you ever re-gift, or is that just something that you do not do under any circumstances? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you are on the line, please hold on. This is something that I have no doubt that some of you are perhaps going through. I mean, have you ever re-gifted stuff, and do you feel guilty about it? And, you know, if you get something that you like, whether it's gloves or a hat or a scarf or whatever, all right, would you be upset if you learned that that was a re-gift as long as you like it? For me, if it's something that's perfect for me, I don't care if somebody else gave it to you. I'll be accepted gladly. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Back to discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That is the new Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Tanya in Whitefish Bay. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Jeff. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, re-gifting. Is it always in bad taste? No. Um, I had gotten a beautiful silk blouse from a friend who travels a lot. Got it in Hong Kong. It was too big for me. My good friend had a set of ceramic ware that I was in love with. Right. Unbeknownst to either one of us, I gave her the silk blouse, and she gave me <laughs> the um, ceramic ware. And we were both, like, laughing so hard that we had both re-gifted something to each other. But at the end of the day... You, she she got something that she liked, a pretty blouse that didn't work for you, and you got something that you know you liked a lot, which was the ceramic, you know, whatever. So you're you everybody comes out yeah. ahead. Yeah, we were thrilled. Ah. We laughed about it for years. Yeah, I just I I, I think it's great. Hey Tanya, um, do you either play golf or do you know somebody that plays golf? Um, I do not. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I'm going to save my gift certificate for somebody else because I want to make sure it gets good okay. use. Okay. Thanks for calling. Okay, Take good. care. Sure. Right. Bye-bye. 4-1- I did it again. Have another drink. 
855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Yeah, I don't have any issue at all with, with the concept of regifting as long as you're doing it from the, the right place. If it's, okay, I got this, you know, really crummy gift that I don't want and here I'm just going to kind of pass it on because I'm, I'm too lazy or I'm too whatever to go out and, and, you know, buy something for someone else. My response in that case would be, well, if that's how you feel, don't give a gift. You know, don't, don't give a gift. But at the same time, like you say, hey, I, I don't wear scarves, but I know my, I, see, I like scarves. Okay. You know, but if somebody else, for example, you gotten a scarf from somebody, you, uh, don't wear scarves, fine. But, you know, you want to pass it on to somebody who does. Hats, the same sort of thing. I mean, again, as, as long as you're doing it with the right motivation. Gee, I think this is a really nice sweater. I think this is a really nice scarf. I don't wear mittens, but these are really like warm mittens. I think so-and-so fill-in-the-blank would like them. I don't think that there's any problem at all with doing something like that. Again, as long as you're coming with the proper intention, as long as... As long as it is in the spirit of giving, and candidly, I don't care if it's a regift. I mean, if it's something I give you another example. I I I think you know bourbon always works. So let's say somebody somebody has given you a bottle of really good bourbon, and you you just say, look, I I appreciate this, but I don't drink bourbon. I don't appreciate this. This is going to go go to waste. And you say, but you know, Jeff. I know Jeff really likes good bourbon and stuff. This is this is great. I want to get him something nice. So instead of running out to like buy a, a bottle of bourbon, I'm just going to pass it on. I have no problem with that at all. And like I say, you know, just just feel free. You know, you can you can bring it on. Let's talk to Debbie in Brookfield. Debbie, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Hi I don't have a single problem with regifting um, as long as it's done, you know, nicely. I've done it several times, and I've gotten things that were regifted. Um, but like for our wedding, we got some things that I couldn't return because there were no gift receipts. Right. And I knew that one of the things was on a friend of ours' gift list, and so she got it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. now you you probably didn't tell her that you'd regifted this, right? No, you just have to be careful and things like that. If it's in a box, that you take any evidence off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a text here that makes this point. Once the gift leaves your hand and goes to someone else, I don't believe you have a say in what they do with it. I'm regifting for any that's reason. Right. Yeah, I, that, 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 that's... Yeah, I guess that's kind of the way I, I feel. You know, once you give the thing, you know, some people try to say, well, I want you to do this or that or that. No, it, it, once you give it to somebody, they get to do what they want with it. And, you know, that absolutely the end of it. Yeah. No, no, it works for me as well. Thanks for the call. It, it's just and I know there's going to be a temptation for more and more people to do that. And again, I as long as you're doing it with the right spirit. Uh, Jeff, nothing wrong with regifting. I have severe fragrance allergies and I can't use perfume or toiletries because of this. Other women love fragrance. Let them enjoy what I would love to, but I can't. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's, to me, that's the whole approach to this that you you got to take, that if it, you know, if it works out, you know, and if you can't use it and you want to pass it on to somebody who can, I say go with God. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 
So very glad to have you with us. Our new number, 855-616-1620. I'll get the hang of that. All right. Stock market up big again today. The Dow Jones Industrials right now up 135 points. If it were to close at that number in 25 minutes, um, okay, the previous high for the Dow was set at the end of November of this year, 28,164. Um, it, it's 100 points above the all-time record high. So unless the bottom falls out of the stock market in the next 25 minutes, the Dow will close today at an all-time record high somewhere you know, north of 28,000. The tech-heavy, as they say, NASDAQ had its all-time high closing on Friday, last Friday the 13th, at 8,734. Today, the NASDAQ is at 8,822. It's up, you know, 80-some-odd points. And if, again, if it closes anywhere near where it's at now, this will be an all-time record high for the NASDAQ. So despite all the, the angst that we hear about trade wars and things like that, there there are a couple undisputable facts, and, and that is that the, the the economy, by any objective measure, is going great guns. Unemployment is close to a record low. We are getting very close to the point in this country where we are at structural unemployment. Structural unemployment means that there's always going to be some people that are unemployed because you're going to be you're going to be voluntarily between jobs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we are getting very close to a point where anybody in this country who wants a job is able to find one. Might not be the perfect job for you, but you know jobs jobs are plentiful. By economic measures, the stock market all time high. So if you have money that's been invested, and, and again, I understand there's a lot of people that don't necessarily have individual stock portfolios, but if over the last several years you've been putting money away in a 401k or something, that that's that's been growing. If you've been saving money for, you know, like your kid's college education and you've invested it in some of those 529 plans, you, you've, you've made money. All-time record highs for the stock market, all-time you know, close to record unem- low levels of unemployment. By any objective measure, the economy is doing extremely well. Now, you've got that on the one hand. On the other hand, if you were to have done what I did, which is read several of the, the mainstream papers over the weekend. You know, no, nobody's talking about the economy. I mean, all the focus is on impeachment and what a terrible job President Trump has been and how he's a crook, et cetera, et cetera, and how the world is going to you-know-where in a handbasket and, and how it's important to save the the um, nation by by dumping Donald Trump and how it's going to be terrible that, you know, all these, dem- these principal Democrats are going to vote for impeachment in the House and then it's going to go over to the Senate and it's going to get nowhere. I mean, that's the general tone of the coverage. Now, of course, my point of view has always been that I don't think the president has committed an impeachable offense, which isn't to say that I, I think he's handled things appropriately. This was not a perfect call or anything like that. But but there's really two views of America. There's this one where, okay, we've got a completely corrupt and you know morally repulsive president. And the flip side is, We've got, you know, from an economic perspective, from an, the perspective of people's pocketbooks, you know, we're looking at 
all-time you know records. If you have money, and again, if you if you don't have money in the stock market, well, okay, maybe you've missed a lot of this. But if you've been investing even modest amounts through your employer or whatever, you know, you you've made a bunch of money over the last several years. And while a lot can happen economically over the course of the next you know, 10 or 11 months, at least as it stands right now, you've got just a, a booming economy that continues. Now, you might argue it's not fair to give Donald Trump credit for that, okay, that this, you know, he's riding on Obama's coattails and the economy is going to turn around. I, I don't know. Bottom line is he is the president presiding over some record economic growth. Our number is 855 616 one six twenty eight five five six one six one six twenty. Here's the question: Is the impeachment and the we can't stand Donald Trump and he's venal, etc. Is that going to trump the economy? At the end of the day, the thought has always been that people are going to vote their pocketbooks. And if the stock market is good, if people's employment prospects are good, if they're not afraid that they're going to be losing their jobs, things like that, and if they do lose their job, they're confident they could get another one. Historically, economic factors have trumped, no pun intended, pretty much everything else. I think there is a very, very real chance that that is going to play out again in 2020, that at the end of the day, if, and I say if, the economy is continuing to go great guns, well, then what's going to end up happening is that's going to bode extremely well for the reelection of the president. Are people going to look at the economy or are they going to look at something else? 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. I guess the question is, is the economy going to save President Trump? Because there's a lot of people I know that are kind of put off by lots of different aspects, starting with kind of the chaos theory, the personality, all those things. If the economy continues where it is, I think there's a very good chance that none of this other stuff is going to matter. Am I right or wrong? 855-616-1620. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620, our first day of our new number for the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'll get it down. George in Fond du Lac. George, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hi, George. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Okay. All right. So the economy is going great guns. You have a lot of people, though, who are very unhappy with the president. Will the will the economy, will, will that save him, I guess? Well, I, I might have a quirky view, but I, I do think Americans are pragmatists, so they like anybody who helps them make money. But I think we're not so greedy. So if we start to get comfortable in our prosperity, it actually might make us look more deeply at what Trump's been up to and end up not saving him. Okay, so how does how does okay, so how does that play out? Let's fast forward to late October, early November of next year. Let's assume that the stock market has continued to grow, maybe not as robustly as it has the last couple of years, but is still up. Are Americans going to vote their pocketbooks? Um, I don't know. This has been going on long enough. They, 
Americans might want to give themselves credit for it instead of just one man yeah. in the White House. Yeah. So I yeah. think they'll get skeptical. I do. Th- I think there's a biblical proportion kind of to this, where we where we get kind of uh, concerned if we're being bought off, paid off to yeah. not look closely at something. Well, no, I mean, thanks for calling. I mean, I, I think you know. I mean, it, it is true that people become complacent. I, I think that's. For example, I think that's one of the things that that happened. There was many things going on when, when Governor Walker lost the uh, election in, in Wisconsin last year for governor. I, I think in some respects people just became complacent. I mean, the argument was, hey, the Wisconsin economy is doing really, really well. You, you've got record low unemployment. You you've got money in people and pockets. And, and I think at some point in time, to your point, people became complacent. They started to like take that for granted. And then, you know, then they started looking at other things. There, there's always the potential that something like that could happen. Now, I have a text here. Jeff, the president doesn't need saving. What makes you think he needs saving? His production is what counts. Well, I, I use the word saving because if, if, you look at, if you look at where we are economically in the history of this country, and then you look, and again, I understand there's people who don't believe the polls, but you look at the poll numbers. You know, given how great guns the economy is going, you know, President Trump should have approval ratings, you know, in the mid 50s to 60. I mean, that that's where it should be. It, it's not because of all these other factors and the, the the idea that you know he's never been viewed as a legitimate president, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but at some point in time, you're going to have to have voters who are going to have to decide what's important to them one way or the other. Rick in New Berlin. Rick, you're on WTMJ. How are you doing, Jeff? Hi, Rick. Listen, I say no, the economy won't save him. I, I, um, he, first of all, he inherited a great economy, mm-hmm. and then he took over. And, you but know, he hasn't screwed it up. Now, in fairness, home. it, it he hasn't, hasn't screwed up. Right. He, you're right. He has not. But he, the guy... I, I think they should. Uh, he should let everything come forward in this series. I think bring out his his people that he's hiding from, not letting them speak. Mm-hmm. Bring out any papers the Democrats want him if he's got nothing to hide. Put it out. Well, let me ask you this, Rick. The same yeah. question I asked the last caller. Let, let's flash forward. It's late October. It's early November of next year. He's still in office because he's not going to get removed. He's not going to be removed from office. The economy has not tanked, um, but you know it's still. You know you've got. But we we know what we know about President Trump. Do you think? Do you think at the end of the day, Americans are going to vote their pocketbook? Well, yeah, maybe they will. I won't. I just, yeah. I first of all, I just don't like the guy. That, you know, he he berates everybody. Today, he yeah. tweeted about the Nancy about her teeth falling yeah. out of her mouth, and yeah, no, the, gal, I... the little girl, the little girl in the time thing. He just. He's mad because he is his face wasn't on it. Yeah, I know. I, I, there's, there's no question. He's he's there's no question that he he's got a lot of um, that the, the texting and the punching down creates all sorts of issues. Hey, Rick, are you a golfer? You know somebody who is a golfer? Yes, sir. All right, I'm going to put you on hold. Actually, my producer is going to put you on hold. He's going to get your information. I'm going to give you a twenty-five dollar gift certificate to uh, Sticks Golf. Okay. Great man, super. Thank you. Yeah, Merry, Merry Christmas. Okay, we put him on. Put him on hold there. See, it, we and, and this is the show. Don't have to agree with me. You know, Rick was arguing a different side, and you know that's okay. We will. We'll. We will. 
we're not going to it's not just going to be guys that get the golf certificates. It's not just going to be conservatives. It's going to be ladies. It's going to be liberals. Anybody that has an intriguing call. And I appreciate Rick's perspective. It is going to be interesting to me to see how this whole thing, you know, plays out, because remember when Bill Clinton was running for office. And this is I mean, this is the legendary thing. James Carville, who remember James Carville and Mary Magdalene, you know, who were the the it was she was the conservative. He was the the liberal. Remember, I mean, that was the the big thing that Clinton kept emphasizing at a sign up that said, you know, it's the economy, stupid, because at the end of the day, historically, people vote their pocketbooks. The reason this might be different is because to the point that our last caller Rick was making, it, it is it is a different dynamic. And, you know, I don't know that President Trump, unlike Unlike other presidents um, who, who came in in times of controversy, Ronald Reagan was being one. I mean, you know, Ronald Reagan beat Jimmy Carter. Economically, things were kind of in the tank. But Reagan did a great job uh, of expanding his base, of reaching out and bringing people in who, who weren't, weren't around the first time. Richard Nixon, for, forget Forget the Watergate stuff for a minute. Forget, you know, that's what marked the presidency. You know, in in 68, he won a very, very contentious election. In 72, he won a landslide because he was able to broaden the coalition. I don't think President Trump has done a great job of broadening that that coalition. The people that voted for Trump four years ago or back in 2016, I think, are inclined to vote for him again. And the people that didn't vote for him, my guess is a lot of those people, you know, haven't changed their minds. So you've got a small persuadable percentage of the electorate that's out there. And the issue is going to be, all right, if they're doing well if you know you you feel good about your financial situation, if you're happy, if you're comfortable, you know, is that going to be something that's going to you know reward you and saying, hey, look, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to change horses. And the other thing that I would stress on this is why I, I keep saying that when people ask me about you know how's the election going to turn out, first of all, I always say, well, I didn't see President Trump winning in 2016, so take whatever I say with a grain of salt. But but having said that, I, I'm I'm an it depends. I, my, my answer is always it depends because one of the big factors is who do the Democrats nominate. I will tell you this: I, I firmly believe if the economy is still doing well, I don't think there's any way that the American people, no matter how off-putting folks might find President Trump to be with his tweets or some of the personal attacks or whatever. I don't think there's any way, if the economy is going good, that the American people say, all right, I want to blow up the economic system. I want to go to a Bernie Sanders. I want to go to an Elizabeth Warren. I just, I don't see the majority of Americans being willing to do that. Again, if there's a more mainstream, a a center-left sort of candidate, a Bill Clinton type of candidate, it, it might be a completely and totally different story, which is why it's going to be so interesting to see things play out over the course of the next six months to see who it is that the Democrat Party decides that they want to run against Donald Trump. But the bottom line is, now let me check the latest numbers, bottom line is, yeah, it looks like... uh, it looks like when the stock market closes in about seven minutes, you're you're going to definitely be looking at all-time record highs. The Dow, right now, the Dow is, um, well, it, it's about 70 or 80 points above its all-time high. The NASDAQ, uh, about 70 or 80 points above its all-time high. If you've got money in the stock market, 
you, you've been doing well. You can argue who gets credit for it, but the bottom line is everybody that's got money in the stock market has been making money. All right, when we come back, we're going to find out with John. He's back from his vacation. Melissa, she's back from her illness. And Greg, well, he's just back. We're going to find out what all of them have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News. Please stick around.